Hey guys, welcome to Let's Fucking Talk. I'm Lauren, and today I'm in a new location. <laughs> I'm inside my car. Is there a story to this? Kind of. Am I going to tell it? No. <laughs> but just know I'm sitting inside my car recording, and honestly, I think it's going to sound pretty good. Um, but I do have like a hard candy in my mouth, which I need to be careful about because I personally am very sensitive to sound and I definitely don't want to be making like hard candy teeth noises in your guys' ears. If any of you have that same sensitivity to sound that I have, which by the way is called misophonia. It's a real thing. Look it up. Uh, I have it very severely. <laughs> like I just can't handle the sound of so many things and I just get really angry so um I wanted to do another life update for you and I'm gonna do a second half of the episode which will be at the end with some questions that you guys have asked me on Instagram um from the past and from a new post I'm gonna make um, that I've been kind of making a list of to eventually do something like this. So, last time I gave you a life update. Um, I gave you a teaser about something big that had happened in my life that I'm still trying to work through before I share. That's not changed yet. Um, I'm still not going to be talking about it. <laughs> so, all's the same there. And more importantly, I shared with you guys the story of essentially not being able to apply to a master's program and going through this journey of like feeling almost like robbed of my life's purpose, uh, which it is to be some kind of a counselor or therapist and like I said in my last Life Update episode, I started to look into the idea of um, life coaching. So my old therapist from South Florida is someone that I turned to during the time of me trying to get into a master's program and like realizing I wasn't able to, trying to get her opinion. And she was kind of the first person that asked if I had ever considered the life coaching thing. And... She had given me a friend of hers phone number who's a life coach and was willing to talk to me about it and help me out with what the process is, what it even means to be a life coach. And I did um, ignore that for a while because I just could not get past that. Like I had to just accept that I literally can't get into a school like I'm (laughs) Obviously, I'm still not fully over it, but it's fine. Um, so, last week, I had a meeting with the with the woman who is a life coach. And she was so wonderful and so kind. And I she sent me a couple referrals to life coaching programs. And I did some research. And for anyone who cares, uh, <laughs> basically, so for therapy and mental health counseling... You absolutely, first of all, you have to have a a degree and you have to be licensed. Um, And there's all kinds of different associations that monitor therapist licensures and practices and all of that. Uh, Some are at the state level, some are on a national level. And apparently with life coaching, there is essentially almost no regulation. So... I want to, first of all, just share some knowledge in the event that any of you either want to pursue this or are interested in working with a life coach. So there's almost no regulation, meaning I could tomorrow post on my Instagram and say, 
I am announcing that I am a, I can call it whatever I want, a life coach, a wellness coach, a spiritual coach, a dating coach, and have literally no background education or training. And there is no laws or associations or anything monitoring this that could come tell me, uh, excuse me, you can't do that. So this is definitely a message for anyone who's looking to work with a life coach. Something that um, this woman kind of enlightened me about is really the, the, like, the most certified you could be as a life coach is something called an ICF accreditation. So there's all different levels of what a life coach could be. So if you're looking to work with any kind of coach, no matter what they call themselves, a wellness coach, a dating coach, I definitely um, encourage you to ask them about their training. Uh, Just because I thought that was pretty alarming. (laughs) That there's essentially no regulation on who can claim to be a life coach and who can practice being a life coach and charge people money and give advice to people. Um, But this ICF accreditation is kind of like the highest level of training you can have as a life coach, and then there's everything in between. So from what I saw, most life coaching schools or programs have like a basic 60-hour course where you can definitely start practicing as a coach after you get your certificate, but you can proceed to do a longer path after that, which leads you to that ICF certification, and me learning all of this, I absolutely will be going to the full extent of training and getting that ICF certificate because... First of all, I just, I, in starting this journey when I wanted to get my master's, I have a huge desire to learn. Like, it's crazy because I definitely wasn't this way when I was in school, but I'm like excited to be in school. Like, I'm excited to learn and like read. And I don't know, it's just crazy that like college, this really important time of your life, happens at an age where you don't really have a grasp of like what's important. And what matters? <laughs> like, I'm now 28, and now is when I'm in the mood to learn. And I can't even get into a fucking master's program, so imagine. But, um, so this is a, a long way to say that I looked up a bunch of schools. I spoke to different advisors with uh, that ran different life coaching programs. And I officially chose one, and I will be starting January 26th. So the first piece of the certification will take me about three months, and that will be the initial, like, 60 hours where I can start practicing as a life coach. Um, And I think at that point, obviously, I don't know. I haven't gone through it. But from what I understand, you, you can trust to work with someone who's done that beginning certification. Like that's that's the main part of the course. The only thing that comes after that, which then gives you that ICF certificate, is um, like monitored training hours essentially and practice coaching. So, and then I think ultimately like one final test. So again, in the event anyone's looking to work with a life coach, Those are kind of maybe the things you might want to ask or look into. Um, But back to what I was saying, the reason I want to do the full program is not only, yes, I want to learn and I'm just like hyped to be back in school for whatever reason, but I take helping others as a literal responsibility and it's the reason I wanted to go into mental health counseling and go through a master's program and learn. Um... When someone is coming to you in a vulnerable state, seeking advice of any kind, it is so irresponsible to not do the most that you possibly can to learn how to properly help people and guide them without um, putting your own shit on them, without offering advice that's maybe misguided. 
So that's kind of my thinking behind which program I chose. So that will be essentially the next year of my life. And I am so fucking excited. So many of you reached out after the first um, little life update episode that I did. Many of you had similar stories about college and master's programs. And that was so comforting. So thank you. Uh, And funny enough, the life coach that I had that first meeting with to kind of discuss everything had a very similar story. She actually got kicked out of her master's program uh, from the University of Miami and then went on to get herself back into the University of Miami through the life coaching program. So as always, I want to push a message along with my story. Um, When something is your calling, sometimes there's going to be little things that get in the way that seem like literally the end of the road. And you have to be resourceful, you have to be open-minded, and you have to fucking keep going. If you think something is your life calling, you are not wrong. You might not necessarily be on the exact right track, so that's why things might like veer off in different directions, but you are not wrong. And you know that feeling that I'm talking about inside of you when something is your calling, obviously there's little things in between that sometimes we get like ideas of like maybe we should try that or try this and those truly might not be the right thing for you but I'm talking about the calling the thing that you know you're supposed to be fucking doing here don't ignore that ever um I truly thought I mean it it was literally essentially the end of the road you cannot in any way shape or form become a licensed mental health counselor without a master's degree and there is no master's programs that accept a lower gpa than a 3.0 not even these ratchet ass online schools because trust me i tried i was down for whatever so i seriously thought like that's why it was so disturbing i'm like how the fuck you gonna tell me that all of a sudden literally i'm only 28 i have my whole life to live And I had to live the rest of my life not doing what I'm supposed to because of grades I got when I was 18? No. So, seriously? Please, keep doing the thing. And stop making excuses. Excuses are temporary fixes. Excuses make us feel good for a couple minutes. They give us an out. They give us a pity party. They give us a good reason as to why we couldn't or shouldn't do something. But ultimately, excuses literally never yield results. So just save yourself the time. Cut the shit. And amongst people my age, 28-ish, 20s especially, there's like two main life grievances that I have the most of and that I hear the most of from my friends and it's um not being you know financially stable or where you'd like to be financially and not doing what you want to be doing so being maybe stuck in a corporate job whatever and I've had some conversations about these topics in this past week and wanted to share some Some little bits of information that may or may not inspire or help you. Um, Okay, so let's first of all talk about the issue of feeling like you're not doing what you're supposed to. Uh, Maybe kind of like the dread of having a corporate job. I think millennials are one of the first generations to truly give a fuck about their quality of life. And it's very hard for previous generations to understand that and to like, tolerate hearing us complain about these things um and I get where they're coming from they come from a generation of like just get things done just get yourself financially stable it doesn't fucking matter if you're enjoying the ride and if you're finding your spiritual and emotional and mental purpose in life like they don't give a shit like my dad my mom that that's that was not on their radar they were more focused on survival and basic societal norms, buying the house, having a family. 
Um, and I think we're one of the first generations that value our well-being, our mental health, our callings, our desire to do something bigger for ourselves and for others. And that is something that we all should hold on to. At the same time, I've found people my age using that as an excuse to not do anything. And at the same time that I'm so inspired by our generation, I also think our generation severely lacks hustle. And obviously that's a blanket statement. There's a fucking million people my age that I know that are fucking killing it and are nonstop hustling. But I think that millennial desire to like do what feels best for us kind of makes us lose sight of the fact that you still have to hustle and you still have to do things that aren't going to be the love of your life passion in order to have certain things and to make it to certain places. I was talking to my best friend Emery about this last week and I think people look down on corporate jobs or think that you should abandon your corporate job and go be a hippie artist, writer, podcaster, whatever it is you want to be. And I think that's irresponsible. I think until your passion can properly sustain whatever kind of life you have, you want to have, obviously all of us has, have different standards. So some of us may not want or need as much as another person, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with having a corporate job, but maybe spending your nights and your weekends on your passion and slowly building that and having that balance of, yeah, I have my corporate job, which does have value. Uh, I have health insurance for almost no cost. I have a steady income that I never have to question. And at the same time, I have my side hustles. I have my podcast. I'm now starting my life coaching program. There is no reason that you cannot do both. And my corporate job has given me every dollar I've spent on my rent, every dollar I've spent on vacations, every dollar I've spent on birthday dinners, on gifts, on things, other things that bring me joy aside from just my passions. So I think some people get so stuck on making the excuse of refusing to like hustle and take jobs that might be beneath you because we have that millennial uh, image of what life should be and it should be this beautiful passionate spiritual experience where you only do the thing that you love and like yes make that your goal because all of these things can land you there but like get some hustle in you get some grit to you do the thing for years literally for three years I had a corporate job worked full-time five days a week and when I'd get off work, I would drive my ass to a restaurant and serve. I was a waitress until sometimes 1 o'clock in the morning, wake up the next morning, go to work. And in comparison, a corporate job might be like above being a waitress. But when I was a waitress, everyone who I was serving didn't know about my other job. And when I was at my corporate job, no one knew about my serving job. And... Ultimately, the only thing that was happening was that I was literally hoarding money and saving money. So please don't think that you're above hustle or above hard work and that you're just going to become this spiritual artist by doing literally nothing. That's it's that's not how it's going to go. So I want to motivate anyone listening and remind you guys that there is a value in hustling. There is a value in any kind of job. And there is a value in being financially at peace and also pursuing your passions at the same time. Because ultimately, we all have time. It's what you make time for. I literally have a full-time job 
I do real estate as my side hustle. I have my podcast. And now I'm starting my life coaching program. And I truly do not feel stretched on time. Because when you prioritize and you plan and you figure your life out, it all just kind of like works out, honestly. (laughs) So... Not trying to toot my own horn, but I've worked my fucking ass off and I want you guys to work your fucking ass off so that we can all be at peace and get the things that we want and do the things we want to do. Okay? Okay. Now, this podcast is about to take a hard right turn into a random topic, but it's important. (laughs) And it comes with a challenge. And listen to me now. If you're hearing my voice right now, If you do this, please message me and let's talk about it. I'm not going to judge you because if you accept the challenge, you did the right thing. Okay, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is I'm starting to lose my fucking mind with this fucking Facetune app. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I don't know if I was born with some kind of gift or syndrome or curse, but I can spot a Facetune photo from 10 miles away. I don't care how good you think you edited your photo. I will see the one spot of it that's blurry or stretched out or looking fucking weird, okay? Please stop with this app. Now let me explain. I am not judging anyone who uses the Facetune app. I have used it before. Um, I went through a very hard time with gaining weight and hating my body. And when I learned what the Facetune app was, for anyone who doesn't know, it is an app that gives you like incredible photoshopping skills where you can warp and reshape your body. And it, and it looks pretty good. Like it's, you really don't notice it unless you kind of know what to look for. And when I tell you that the majority of photos on Instagram are becoming something that I can see as Facetuned, and maybe it's not even just the Facetune app, maybe there's other ones that I don't know of, but like something is happening to everyone's photos and you guys are distorting your bodies. And what freaks me out the most is that the photos that are kind of more obviously edited, I get nervous that if you're doing that, you don't see how warped it looks, which means your vision of yourself is that warped. That You think that edited, stretched out, silly version looks better than your original photo. <sighs> now, again, I absolutely understand it. And we can even call me a hypocrite to some extent because... Every time I do a video on my Instagram story, I use a filter. I try my best to use the most natural filter, but let's be real, filters do a lot for your face. When I'm having horrible breakouts, which is uh, quite often, the filters make me feel better about putting my face on Instagram. Now, what gives me some solace about that is that you can literally see that it's a filter like it says it in the top hand corner. So there's no confusion that someone's using a filter. This Facetune app, obviously no one is being like, look at my photo, I Facetuned it. And we keep creating a fucking world online where we are thinking that certain features and looks and body types are possible at all and the norm. Like everyone happens to have the perfect body except you somehow. And because we're not honest about it, I really think it is fucking up our minds. And I don't even want to think about younger generations because it's literally all they've ever known. And that actually breaks my heart. But this is my challenge to you. Please, if you have the Facetune app on your phone and you've ever used it, please delete it from your phone and just post photos of yourself. You are, not to be this bitch, but you are literally beautiful the way you are. And straight the fuck up, if you don't feel comfortable with how you look and you're trying to make yourself skinnier in a photo, maybe you should take a quick 
um, assessment. Are, is it like maybe your eating habits? Have you not worked out in a while? Did fucking the year 2020 get to you? Cause it got to me. It's okay. Like if you want to better yourself, like if you're not happy with what you look like or what you see in a photo and you want to better yourself, I support that. But do not better yourself by editing your photo in an app and distorting your body. That's that's not helpful. And it's never made sense to me why you'd want to look prettier or whatever the word is on social media than you do in person. That's like my worst nightmare. I'd rather be the opposite. Like I'm like cute on Instagram, but then in person they're like, wow, she's really beautiful. Like that's my ultimate goal not to like distort my body and then when you see me I look like a potato in person like why why and it just makes me so sad because I have been there I have edited my photos in the past when I was very overweight and unhappy and I literally understand what's happening to your brain and the way you're wiring it you're looking at a photo of yourself of your natural self and you don't like it So you edit, you edit, you edit, you pinch in your waist, you do whatever the fuck, you make your butt bigger, you edit out your pimples, make your teeth wider, and then you get to a version of the photo and you're like, ooh, yes, we like that one. But it's not what you truly look like. So what you're telling your brain over and over is that the only version of you that is acceptable is this edited fake one. And that is fucked up and sad. Like, it literally is starting to give me, like, existential grief for everyone who's using this app. And again, if you think you're a Photoshop expert and that no one can tell, I promise you some of us can tell from a million miles away. (laughs) And I just, like, we just need to be more honest with each other about normal bodies, normal, like what it is to just like be a person and that all people look different uh, and that everyone is literally lovable and acceptable the way that you are. You don't need to edit shit for a bunch of likes and whatever. And at the end of the day, the majority of people on your social media that you're posting for are not people who are super close to you. Like you probably have a select few people that you love the most in your life, some family, some friends, maybe a partner. And if those people, they love you literally the way you are. So stop posting some fucking edited version of yourself for quite frankly, the random people who follow you. No one gives a shit. And honestly, The people that I find most fucking beautiful on social media are the ones that you can blatantly tell didn't edit their photo. And that does not mean that their body is the most banging or that their skin is flawless or that their hair is perfect. It just means that they look like a happy human. And like, for serious, that is the most attractive thing I can see in a photo. So I'm done with all of us. Knowing what we're all doing with this face tune app, I've done it before. I'm with you. So let's fucking cut it out. If you have the app and you've used it, please delete it. And if you are down to be honest, message me and tell me you've deleted it so that I can start to um, release this existential grief that I have about our society and the ways that we're also damaged of our self-image. <laughs> and please, be careful who you follow on social media because I also understand that so much of what we see on social media makes us feel that we have to post photos that look a certain way and that our bodies can't have a fucking fat roll or that your butt has to look a certain way and be a certain size. And nah, nah, nah. Follow people who make you feel better about yourself and about being yourself and about being a person on this planet if you need recommendations message me I got you um for those of you who don't know prior to starting this podcast I did not have social media for three years and so much of it was because Instagram models made me mentally ill and that's just the fucking truth 
Not that I do not have respect for anyone who's making money off Instagram. And I absolutely support anyone's right to post any kind of photo, any kind of video, and make money. Uh, What do you, boo-boo? OnlyFans, fucking do it. But I was following people who I could not mentally handle comparing myself to. So just know your limits. If you constantly come across someone's Instagram page and it makes you feel bad, unfollow them. Mute them. Do whatever you have to do. You are not required to follow anyone. And that fucking includes me. If I fucking annoy you or make you feel bad, unfollow me. We have to start using social media in a positive way because I think it has really positive abilities and we are like, we just keep losing it and it just keeps getting worse. (sighs) So that is my random ass rant about Facetune and I'm like an old grandma. If there's any other apps that do weird editing things, I'm talking about those too. Delete it. Obviously, there's like fun apps where you can change like the tint or the color of a photo. I'm not talking about that. That's fine. Enjoy. I do the same thing. But if you are literally manipulating the shape of your body and the size of your body on an app, no, no, no more. And also, the Instagram filters that like dramatically change like the size of your lips and the shape of your eyes and the color of your eyes, go ahead and delete those too because I know they make you feel bad. Me and Sam... On a previous episode, Sam Guaz, if you want to go back and look for her episode, talked about literally the feeling of putting on a filter and for five seconds thinking, oh my God, I look so pretty. But then your brain knows that that's a filter and that's not really you. So think of how sad and fucked up that is of the message that you're sending yourself. You're literally beautiful the way you are. You're a person on this earth. You have eyes. You have a smile. You have a body that literally keeps you alive. You're beautiful. So stop with the editing and the things and the weird things. Okay. All right. Um, uh, One day it's my dream to become one of those incredible humans who can uh, post Instagram story videos with zero filter. Um, I'm working on it. I'm working on my own self-image issues. I'm trying my best. One step at a time. I stopped using Facetune pretty much after like the first time I used it, but that was years ago. And I know this could be, again, slightly hypocritical because, yes, I use filters on my face every time I post videos when I'm saying, like, it's Tuesday, yeah, I have a filter, I know, okay, all right. Um, let's see, do I have any other life updates for you? Hmm, hmm. Um, not necessarily, not anything I'm ready to discuss. (laughs) So I will jump into these questions. Okay, so we have now moved back to the closet. Um, (laughs) now we're going to get into these questions. I have to open my notes because my memory is just not that good. Okay, so I just chose, ew, it sounds like there's an echo in here. Oh well, I don't know. Bear with me. (laughs) Anyways, I just chose, um, a few questions because I talk a lot and I don't want this episode to be too long. Um, and any other questions, I'm just continuing to add to a note section in my phone and we can start doing more of these. So let me, I'm not prepared guys. Let's put this here. Okay. First question. What do your tattoos say slash mean? Okay. My first ever tattoo is a quote on my ribs, and it says, to live in hearts we leave behind is not to die, and that was a tattoo that I got after my friends passed away, um, 
I think for being really young, I was very responsible about my decision to get a tattoo. I've increasingly gotten less responsible about getting tattoos, which is interesting. (laughs) But at the time, it was like a huge deal. It was my first tattoo, and it was obviously extremely meaningful. And I decided on a tattoo and then waited a year before I got it. That was like the rule that I made for myself to make sure that I still wanted to do it and thought uh, that it was the right tattoo to get and to honor them. Um, then, hmm, I'm like staring at my body. The second tattoo I got is on my left inner bicep and it says, choose to be happy. Um, I got this tattoo in 2013. Uh, this was the first time I started experiencing anxiety And it was kind of at the same time that I started understanding the importance of mindset and um, really understanding that you have control of your emotions, even when it feels like you don't. And you have the option to be happy or to focus on the negative things going on. Um, I was at a point in a relationship that I was in that was very painful and I got this tattoo as a reminder um that I can always choose to be happy and then let's see my next tattoo um I got last year yeah it was definitely last year Time is wild, especially in 2020. Okay. I got my third tattoo last year. It's um, on my right forearm, right under like my elbow crease. And it's a mountain range with a moon and a little wave at the end. And I got this tattoo with my best friend, Ashley. We did a cross-country road trip from Seattle to South Carolina. So that's kind of like the meaning of the tattoo. It has mountains and beach because we literally went from one side of the country to the other. And yeah, we got it literally the day I arrived in Seattle before we started our actual road trip. And let's see, my most recent tattoo is (laughs) a cat on my left forearm. And This is a tattoo that I got with my mom. She has the same tattoo, but um, a little bit smaller on her wrist. And I have been trying to get my mom to get a matching tattoo with me for years. She's always said she was down. Like, she honestly never hesitated to say yes. But at the same time, she wasn't actually trying to go get it. (laughs) And then she actually started, like, reminding me and kind of pushing for it. And as many of you know who know me personally, I am a cat lady. That is not why we got a cat. Obviously, I'm down to have a cat tattooed on me because I am a cat lady. But the meaning behind this is that every time cats fall, they land on their feet. And that was kind of um, significant to my mom and I who have gone through all kinds of things in our life together, and we always land on our feet. So I know many of you probably think I'm just a weird cat bitch with a cat tattoo on my arm, but there's a little bit more to it. Um, I have another tattoo. <laughs> hmm. Um, okay. So do I want to say this? I'm really being so annoying for you guys. Like, I just keep talking about, like, secrets that I can't really share with you. I'll go ahead and tell you that I have a tattoo on the inside of my lip that um, I do not, like, consider when I'm talking about the tattoos that I have. I got it when I was 17, and the only reason that I don't completely hate it is because my best friend Kevin, who passed away, got the same tattoo, so... That's kind of one of the last physical things that I have of Kevin and I. Um, 
but what the tattoo is we'll leave for like a another time another day another time i can't just like tell you guys everything gotta leave some mystery um and that is it for oh i'm fucking lying okay whoops (laughs) um okay i also have uh okay so there's a story to this my best friend emery has the tools to do stick and poke tattoos um I don't know how to explain it. Look it up. It's essentially, like, manual tattooing. Um, It sounds sketchy. It kind of is sketchy, but it's fine. Um, So, (laughs) a bunch of friends of ours, a group of, like, I don't know, a group of a few of us, like, almost two years ago now, had this magical weekend together and Emery had just gotten their stick and poke tattoo set. So all of us have three matching black dots on the outside of our hand. I also got a random dot on the top of my middle finger right under my nail. And quite arguably my favorite tattoo <laughs> is a smiley face on my right thumb. So, that's it for tattoos. For real this time. Okay, next question. This is literally perfect, considering the first half of my episode. Um, This question is, how do you get yourself out of debt and get financially responsible? Okay, first of all, everything in life is literally a choice, even when things feel out of our control. And I think when we're stressed, especially about money, because it's an external thing, it's so easy to just fall into, like, a victim mentality and, like, a self-sabotage pattern because it's just, we have money problems and it just is what it is. But at the end of the day, you have a choice. So, the kind of what I said in the beginning of the episode, don't think you're above any kind of hustle. If right now your only option and way to make money is to work at a local fast food restaurant, there is literally nothing shameful about that. And if anyone has anything to say about that, they have too much time on their hands and probably have their own fucking issues going on. Um, Because anyone who is working for a living, especially right now, that you can't have anything but respect for that. And as far as first of all, let me start by saying I am absolutely not a financial guru, excuse me, guru. And I myself have just recently, within the last year, gotten to a place where I'm financially stable, I have a substantial savings account, and I'm able to like enjoy the basic parts of life, meaning paying my bills and going out to eat without stressing. And for a long time, that was literally the only goal I had. And it honestly feels so nice to be there right now. And really what it took was, I would say the first time I really started getting serious about a budget was when I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, almost three years ago now. Um, I had a budget of all of my monthly bills And that included anything I do monthly. My nails, um, if you're someone who gets your hair cut once a month, whatever it is, I think sometimes people make a budget. This is the mistake I used to make, at least. I would make a budget with, like, my bills and then not consider any of the things that I do monthly. Grocery shop, gas, nails, hair, whatever it is that you do. Any monthly subscriptions that you have, any, if you go to therapy once a week like literally everything that costs money you need to put into your budget so sit down and add all that up so now you know let's say the number is everything included let's say you spend without a doubt a thousand dollars every month now factor in your income and what I literally used to do this was so ratchet I'm sure there's a better way to do this I'm just telling you what I did When I was living in Raleigh, I would add up, I had my number of my monthly costs, and I made sure my monthly costs were things that 
like I literally included everything I'm what I'm trying to say is don't leave anything out that you might spend money on so I added everything up I knew my number for every month and I knew my income for every month so I would write in my phone on a note section let's say I had $800 left over in quotes for the month I would open a notes section of my phone put 800 and every time I spent any money outside of my budget list let's say I randomly went to dinner let's say I randomly bought a shirt I would subtract it from the 800 and literally have this ghetto ass subtraction subtraction sheet in my notes (laughs) and something about visually seeing money disappear on things that are not your necessary monthly spending, you will naturally spend less money. And it'll just also make, like, put you in a place where you're never spending money that you truly don't have. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, for three years, I had two jobs. Um, I averaged 70 to 80 hours of work a week. And, um, that's how I slowly started building a savings. And I did build my savings very slowly, to be very clear. Um, kind of because of two things. Again, I am not perfect with my finances. I spend money on dumb shit. Sometimes. And the other thing is that I have been very hard-headed about living by myself for a few years now and taking on the expenses that come with living by yourself. I was not interested in moving in with family and I am not interested in having roommates. So that was a personal choice. Sometimes I regret that because I probably would have had, not probably, I would have had enough money to buy a house already and then some and that's kind of like my current financial goal is to purchase my own home. So that's kind of the start of how I started saving up. And the best advice I can give you is to be patient because it's a process. Um, I also have, I do like ghetto little things of hiding money from myself in different places. So first of all, I have a bank account. with like my main account and then a savings account. And the majority of my money goes into my savings account aside from my basic need type money, which I keep in my main account. So it kind of just makes you less likely to want to transfer money out of your savings and it kind of keeps you within your means. I also have an app called the Albert app, which is so perfect because my dad's name is Albert. And there's no one who's been more uh, hard on me about my finances than my dad. So it was ironic. But in the app, you can set it up. First of all, the app, you link it to your bank account. So it keeps track of your spending. And it's like sassy. It will tell you. It will randomly send you a message and be like, "Uh, you spent $250 at Starbucks this month. So then when you see that, you're like, oh, I should probably cut out Starbucks for now. And then another feature that it has that I've used is that you can set aside, you can basically set it up to take out X amount of dollars every week. And I have it doing $5 a week, which is literally nothing. Um, But I've had the app for like a year and a half now. So it's just random money sitting in an app away from me. And then the last thing I do is any cash that I come across, uh, that I get in gift form, that I, whatever, you know, you just end up with cash sometimes, uh, I keep that in a jar in my room. (laughs) So having like multiple little places where your money are, and they don't have to be like physical places, but different bank accounts, different like savings apps, there's a bunch of different types of saving apps that I've seen is super helpful. And being honest and living within your means is probably number one. 
if you are unemployed or forget unemployed. If you are not where you want to be financially, you need to start making decisions that take you out of that cycle. I think finances is one place where so many of us self-sabotage accidentally and um, literally just deciding to make the right choices. You do not need a fancy latte ever. (laughs) Like make a rule for yourself. For three months, you're not going to get coffee anywhere other than the grocery store in your own house. Uh, You're not going to eat out at a restaurant. And I know sometimes that sounds like depressing and like you're not living your life, but there's just ways around things. You can go to dinner with your friends and not eat at the restaurant. And I know that sounds however it sounds, but if you have certain goals and this is what it requires, there's no shame in that. You can eat before you go to dinner, and you can still go out and have fun with your friends and not spend a dollar. Or spend, you know, five bucks on a soda and, like, a side of chips to entertain yourself at dinner. But, yeah, it just really comes down to being honest with yourself and living within your means. So if you're not financially stable yet or you're not where you want to be, you do not need to go shopping Um, I know something that I did a lot of and still do sometimes is I'm really good at making excuses for myself of why I need something. Like, I need new sneakers because, like, sneakers are just necessary and you need new ones every six months because whatever the hell you tell yourself. Uh, None of that is true. So, just being honest with yourself should help you. Okay, next question. Okay, so these two questions (laughs) are very deep questions, which I very much appreciate it. And, um, yeah. So the first one is, what is preventing you from becoming all that you are? The very short answer for that question is always just fear. Obviously, I could break that down into a million different fears that I have, but I think the best way to answer that without talking for two hours is fear and comfortability. So, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and taking steps that you might not know the outcome of, and getting past fear... And realizing that usually right after fear is basically anything you've ever wanted. So that's the short answer for that one. And the last question is my favorite. Who do you feel safe with? Um, I have a lot of friends that listen to this podcast. If you are someone I call a friend, I feel safe with you, to be clear. Um... Because I've gotten very good at not keeping connections where I do not feel safe. So I want to start by saying that. If me and you have a connection, I feel safe with you. But um, if I had to narrow it down to a few and give details, um, my mom is definitely someone I feel very safe with. She's always been this perfect balance of a parent and a friend, even when I was younger, which was such a gift because I felt very unsafe with my dad. So her safety that she provided was beyond important to me. And as far as friendships, I have, I would say like five-ish best friends. Um, And what gives me safety in a connection is being able to, one, fully be myself and to always be seen and heard in the ways that I'm trying to be seen and heard, if that makes sense. Um, A huge trigger for me feeling 
unsafe or insecure is feeling misunderstood, uh, unheard, not seen. So the opposite of that and me feeling very safe is me feeling all of those things. And again, anyone who is a friend of mine provides that for me. But the people that are my absolute best friends, they are like stars (laughs) at doing that for me. And it, it's like effortless. Like I don't think any of my friends are sitting here making a list of ways to make me feel safe. Um, and that's the entire gift of connections like that is that these people who, I think sometimes friendships can be seen as like a lesser connection if you compare it to like a romantic relationship or a family relationship, but some of the only, aside from my mom, the only unconditional love I've ever received are from friends, which is so powerful that people who have zero obligation to you, have no romantic feeling for you, can just fully love and accept you naturally. Like, there's no effort on either part to force understanding to accept one another like it just happens and I've truly cultivated friendships where I can call any of my close group and tell them the wildest shit and all I get in return is love and support and that's my cat is meowing outside of the door One moment, please. Sage? Where are you? Oh, I think she's outside the room. (laughs) Anyways. um, So, yeah. That's what gives me... Or, that's who makes me feel safe in life. Is my closest friends. Uh, You know who you are. And my mom. (laughs) And... I honestly, I, (laughs) there's different types of connections in life. Yes, I have acquaintances. Yes, I have um, business-centered connections and friendships. But anyone who I call a best friend, I think, I know a lot of people who call like 15 people their best friends or have like a group of acquaintances that they call their best friends. And it's a little curious because sometimes from what I see, it's not really a connection that provides a whole lot. So, as always, I encourage you guys to look at who you have around you and who adds to your life, who takes from your life. And, again, my biggest trigger is feeling unsafe That's why I have an issue, that's why I have issues with anxiety. So, the feeling of safety that I get from this tiny group of people in my life is, like, one of the main reasons I'm still alive on the earth. And I truly hope that for everybody. And I don't even hope that you have 100 people who do that for you because that's just not the likelihood If you can just have one person, minimally, that gives you that safety, that is literally, like, one of the few things I think you absolutely need in life. So that is that for my questions. Did I talk for a long time? Not that long. Okay. Um, Again, I appreciate you guys for sending questions, and I like the mix of like, just simple curiosity questions, like my tattoos, and then the really deep questions, and then the fun financial question where I can give my absolutely, um, unprofessional opinion, and (laughs) that's it. I hope this life update and little Q&A was fun for you guys. I have an awesome couple weeks coming up 
uh, we're going to be talking about spirituality and the positive sides and the pitfalls. It's going to be a whole journey in the next couple weeks. So that's all for now. I can't wait to answer the rest of your questions eventually as time goes on. And that's it. We will talk soon.